0: Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the world of wine, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we focus on South Australia, which is the wine state of Australia, the largest production and also one of the most historic regions as well. Back in the 1940s and 50s, had 75% of all the wine made in Australia, and now it's 50%, and that's because of the re emergence of Victoria. But 50% is obviously still a very large percentage of production, and that makes it economically an extremely important part of the industry. But even though it accounts for 50% of all uh, production, the amount of land given over for great growing is actually quite small. It's mainly concentrated around the city of Adelaide, and that's historically been the case, and is still the case today. Uh, because once you get inland, it does get hot very quickly, so you need some kind of influence uh, from the ocean to cool things down and allow for the, quali- the production of quality wine. What we must not forget, though, is that not all Australian wine, all these regions which we're talking about, are focused on quality. And these are vast regions which cover South Australia and New South Wales. we um, have Riverland going into Murray Darling and Swan Hill and also Riverina, which is entirely within New, um, New South Wales. And these are for the production of high volume bulk wines, getting uh, grapes from all over. And so these wines, not really focusing on quality in that really hot inland climate, but for quality wine, there's going to be some kind of influence either altitude or maritime or both. So Adelaide is one of the great wine cities of the world because it is surrounded by some of the great wine regions of the world. Unfortunately though, the suburbs of Adelaide have really crept into some of these wine regions and wine regions which existed in the 1970s don't really exist anymore because Adelaide has um, overtaken them and overrun them, which is a great shame. McLaren Vale though does kind of hang on, even though it's basically part of Adelaide's suburbs and then you get further away from Adelaide to the other wine regions. And then there's one other region, very famous, Kunawara, which is in the middle of nowhere between Adelaide and Melbourne, which is technically within South Australia, though it's almost a Victoria region, but we'll look at that in this episode as well. And so there is a super zone called Adelaide, which is very rarely seen on labels, but it does cover um, some important zones, such as Mount Lofty Ranges, Fluria Zone and Barossa Zone. Those smaller zones are much more important in terms of labelling. So looking at Mount Lofty Ranges zone, this covers Clare Valley, Adelaide Hills, and Adelaide Plains. Now Adelaide Hills is to the east of Adelaide, and as the name suggests, it's got higher altitude. And this has made Adelaide Hills quite important in recent years, following on from what I was discussing in the episode on Victoria, with the higher elevation producing cooling influence, and so more restrained balance wines can be made particularly from Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. So again, all part of that changing landscape of Australian wine. So the altitude here is 450 to 550 meters. This is where the best Sauvignon Blanc in Australia is produced. So Australia is really not known for Sauvignon Blanc. This is one region which does it well. But the best wine, in my opinion, is from Pinot Noir and especially Chardonnay because of that cooling influence. And the Chardonnay here can be exceptionally good, just with that refreshing acidity, but some weight as well, because it's not completely cool. Uh, Shiraz can be made here as well. Often Shiraz Viognier, this is a new, or fairly recent trend in Australian wine to make that Northern Rhone style with some Viognier there to give more aromatics and to freshen the wine. And this is more of a stylistic trend. Whereas in the Northern Rhone, adding Viognier is all about stabilizing the color and um, softening the astringent tannins here it's more um, of a fashion but the wines are still very good going north of adelaide we go to Clare valley and this is an extremely historical region responsible for producing some extremely good shiraz and some world-class riesling as well And So there is a real variation in styles in Clare Valley according to altitude, also according to maritime influence and also according to soil. So the northern part of Clare Valley is influenced by winds blowing from the west from Spencer Gulf, while the southern part is subject to cooler breezes coming from Gulf Saint Vincent. So you've got different um, maritime influences there with breezes coming in and then also the influence of elevation as well. And so the Riesling is going to be planted higher up than the Shiraz which seems quite logical and so the Riesling can be planted as high as um, 600 meters in elevation and the Riesling of Clare Valley and also of nearby Eden Valley is, is quite different from that of Germany because the climate is warmer and what happens that warmer climate um, produces those typically spectral aromas which we get with Riesling as it ages they produce much more quickly in Clare Valley the wines will also um, have more lime zest aromas, so fruitier. So those are two big differences between the wines of the Rieslings of Clare Valley and Germany. But like the wines of Germany, these have huge aging potential because the acidity is high and they have great structure to them, very steely and aromatic, with those petrol aromas developing quite quickly, but still not overwhelming the wine and allowing it to age. The Shiraz from lower elevation is going to have a really nice um, combination of acidity and fruitiness and tannic structure as well. Very smooth and quite fragrant and aromatic as well. So very pretty and attractive and very drinkable. So moving into the Adelaide Super Zone and within that is Barossa Zone. And Barossa Valley is probably one of the most famous wine regions in Australia, something which is quite synonymous with Australian wine. And this is really the heart of the Australian wine industry. And the most wine is produced in Barossa even if a lot of the g- grapes are actually shipped from other places. And this again is reflecting changing trends in Australian wine as more uh, vines are being planted on the hillsides instead of the valley floor. And because Barossa is so-, so historic, there are lots of old vines here dating back to the 19th century, particularly Shiraz, Grenache and Morvedre. And so um, this Barossa is famous for its Shiraz, of course, but it's some really good old vine Grenache. As well as making what Australians term GSM, those Grenache Syrah Mourvedre Rhone style blends, and because these vines are so old, they're usually unirrigated and on their own roots. The whole of South Australia has thankfully been immune from phylloxera; it's never been hit, and obviously the wine industry there is very keen to maintain that, so lots of precautions are taken. And the wines of Barossa Valley are going to be really full-bodied and meaty and the real tannic structure to them american oak can be used as well giving some coconut aromas and some perception of sweetness even and so these wines are going to be quite age worthy and bit of a mouthful when they're young but barossa valley is changing part of that changing landscape of australian wine partly because um, instead of focusing on quantity which the region was doing for quite a while and getting grapes from other regions to really bulk up the quantity of wine. There's more of a focus on quantity and also more of a focus on producing more restrained, less uh, full-bodied wines looking towards the hillsides rather than the warm valley floor. So changing trends there and also Australians are looking more towards Grenache as well to produce a lighter colored coloured style of wine that isn't quite as tannic And we'll look at that in in, the McLaren Vale where they're really focusing on Grenache. There's some very good old vine Grenache being produced in Barossa Valley. Really heavy German influence in Barossa Valley. And that's also evident in neighbouring Eden Valley, both of which are part of the Barossa Zone. And Eden Valley produces really good Riesling from higher elevation as well as world-class Shiraz. And the reason for the heavy German influence in both Eden Valley and Barossa Valley, and you get this in Clare Valley as well, this is because there was a lot of German immigration in the 19th century. Many of these German immigrants were fleeing from religious persecution, they were Lutheran. And one of the immigrants was Charles Henschke, and he was a stonemason, and he worked his way through South Australia and found himself in Eden Valley in the 1850s when he won the contact contract to build the church. And this is a beautiful church called Nardensburg, which means Hill of Grace. It only fits about 20 people. It's a very small religious community. And next to the church were Vines, vines were planted for religious region, reasons so that wine could be served during mass. And in the eighteen nineties, his family won the contract to uh, supply the wine for the church, and they've owned that land ever since. And they still supply wine to the church with fortified wine going back to the nineteen forties, which is my kind of church. And this uh, vineyard still exists, and the vines, Shiraz vines, going all the way back to the eighteen fifties still ungrafted, still producing wine. And this is one of Australia's iconic wines, Hill of Grace. And after the, with the First World War and the Second World War, a lot of these German place names were changed into English because of uh, political reasons. And so Hill of Grace comes solely from these old vines, which are really gnarly. There's only a couple of rows of them left, producing really concentrated, age-worthy, intense Shiraz Also, really good Riesling planted on this property and more from the 1920s and 1950s. So lots of history and going to these really remote regions in Australia, you really feel like you're back in the 19th century. There's something really peaceful and timeless about them. And it's kind of ironic that you go to Australia, such a young country, and feel the history. Whereas in France, things have changed so much that you don't necessarily feel the history quite as deeply as you do in remote Australia. And of course the reason so much Riesling is planted in Eden Valley and Clare Valley is because of that heavy German influence, and they saw the hills rising up from the valleys and planted Riesling there, reminding them of where they had come from. Going south of Adelaide, we have the Fleurya Zone, which encompasses McLaren Vale, Langhorne and Kangaroo Island. Vale is directly south of um, Adelaide, as I mentioned before, feeding into its suburbs. And this is a region which was overlooked, but now is producing some really exceptional wines, which are influenced by uh, the Rhone Valley with similar climates. And here, Old Van Grenache is really good. Uh, Some producers are liking it to Pinot Noir because of its pale color. It is too warm here to produce good Pinot Noir. So this is kind of their alternative, latching on, as it were, to Australia's changing trend for cooler climate, more restrained wines. Like they can't do that there, but Grenache, they're trying to fit it in. And the quality is certainly there with a pale colour, good acidity from the old vines and firm tannins as well. A lighter feel, even though the alcohol is going to be high because the tannins are not too aggressive or mouth-coating. So McLaren Vale has a warm Mediterranean climate with breezes coming in from the coastal influence. And moderating that climate. And again, that's why the old vines are best, just because they produce more concentrated wines in that warm climate. And so a lot of these uh, wines which are made in McLaren Vale were used for regional blending. That's one of these regions which was overlooked, but now producers are actually looking to see what comes from McLaren Vale itself. And south of McLaren Vale is Langhorne Creek, which really was for regional blending, particularly for one of Australia's big brands, uh, Jacob's Creep. So brands really do dominate in Australia. And Langhorne Creek and McLaren Vale together account for 20% of South Australia's output, so um, very important in terms of production. But there are smaller wineries which do focus on quality to produce high quality Shiraz, Cabernet Sauvignon, and blends as well. And then there's another region south of Adelaide called Limestone Coast, which um, is self-explanatory. It's on the coast and the soils are limestone. And this includes several regions, um, including Mount Benson, which is right on the coast, which is the coolest of all these regions within the Limestone Coast zone. So more elegance, but less weight, less structure. And there's also going away from the coast, so even though it's called Limestone Coast, it's actually going inland as well. You have a series of regions called Padthoe, Ratanbully and Kunawara. And here we're getting into really remote territory where there is nothing but vines. And these were regions which were explored in the 1960s and 1970s. And there are actually very few wineries here. There were just lots of plantings. And so these big brands like Hardy's would get their grapes and then make the wine elsewhere. But now there are more wineries actually based in these regions. And so you drive south from Adelaide and you hit Pathway several hours later. Suddenly there are vines after hours of nothingness. And there are only six wineries in Pathway. And here you're really focusing on grape growing rather than wine making, But certainly some very good Shiraz can be produced here. And then you go into Ratanbully, a very small region which is receiving more investment. And then you go south into Kunawara, which is really where the focus and quality has been since the 1960s. there's still only around about 30 wineries in uh, Kunawara. It's a very small region and it's famous for its terra rossa soil. So the soils are really red in colour with water um, stored underground for the vines to access. And it's really flat here. It's really dull, boring. You would not go here if there was no wine made here. And it has a climate similar to Bordeaux, uh, slightly warmer with less rainfall. But it's, it's not as warm as you would imagine, especially at night. It really does cool down and Cunawara is known for its Cabernet Sauvignon. About 60% of plantings are Cabernet Sauvignon and it's really, really distinctive style of Cabernet, really minty, menthol, eucalyptus aromas. Once you smell Cunawara Cabernet Sauvignon, you will not forget it because it's so distinctive and so different from Cabernet Sauvignon that is grown elsewhere. And it's usually single varietal. And a lot of the big wineries have holdings here, Penfolds and Hardys, with some small wineries as well. And this was the region that, in the 1990s, when they were coming up with the geographical indications, there were a lot of arguments about exactly where Kunawara to start and stop. But there was an overall consensus that the region should be focused on quality, not quantity. That's part of the argument about where the borders stop. Kunawara is so close to Victoria that it almost feels like a part of Victoria more than South Australia. But it is phylloxera-free because it is part of South Australia. So that is South Australia, the most important region in Australia for quality as well as quantity, going back to the 1850s and you really feel that history in South Australia. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.